I'm Charlie Sainer. I'm Ben Carter. I run Hillbot by the numbers on Twitter. I use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I drew to the fifth by highlight the fifth element hip hop knowledge. Damn! Stop listening to Ding Digits. Please don't. Don't stop, guys. Don't stop. <laughs> don't stop. Give up. Oh, gosh. I, honestly, respect to even go down that road. I thought you were going to say... That when I hear the word don't in that vocal inflection that you just gave, I immediately go to S Club 7 and I, I've i just... Even as a you, never liked them. I just don't know why. Just... That's a hot take because S Club 7 will fire as fuck. And they had many slaps. They had many slaps. I, I just couldn't do it. Couldn't, even even as a you, I was a fuddy duddy. Even as a you, even as a you, I was a bit of a snob. Did you hear they they actually they do they do reunion shows and like they did this reunion show and only one of the I'm original aware. members showed up. Like I, that's not cool I'm for aware. me. I'm not. I'm not. Oh, I'm not accepting I, that. Okay. I'm walking oh. out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hashtag no S Club. Hi, Ben. How's your week, Ben? What S Club 7 album have you been listening to this week? Uh, zero this week, surprisingly, as <laughs> oh, has really? been the case for the last 650 oh. weeks consecutive. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week, I did get into some interesting albums. Um, Mr. FAB, uh, IAM, this dropped a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't clock it when it first came out. I was driving home from my friend's house last week and I was in a pretty shitty mood. I was not in a good mood and I wasn't really sure what to listen to. It kind of needed something. It needed to be something I'd never heard before, but it needed to be really engaging. And I put this album on. I was absolutely transfixed for the entire drive. I've not spun much of him before and I didn't know much about him outside the fact he's from the Bay Area and was heavily around the hyphy movement. This album is so powerful. So many potent stories laced with strong wordplay and deep emotion but also a lot of struggle, uh, a lot of success. It's really down-to-earth perspective on independent grind. And Mr. Fab is an incredibly knowledgeable and sage person. A lot of his bars on here are thought-provoking and either they're kind of like spiritually based or they expose well-held truths about the human condition. It's quite an intense album. It's just, you know, there's some spoken word slam poetry parts here as well. Um, he kind of works through this free association freestyle technique that I haven't heard too many MCs even attempt. And I think it's, it's a good album. I really enjoyed it. Juicy J dropped Mental Trillness. Uh, Juicy J has no bad or even mid albums. His production is just so freaking good. So on point. Been relevant since the 1990s. A Juicy J album will never not slap. Even that album he dropped with Wiz Khalifa, who seems wholly intent on destroying any rem- remnant of rapping whiz you know he's actually dropped a couple of features the last couple of weeks he's been rapping again but then he just goes back into his so anyway i'm it's not wiz khalifa we're not talking about wiz khalifa uh this project from juicy j i think it's his best since 2013 stay trippy and it's by far his most emotionally complex album now we've been told repeatedly by mr juicy j himself that his lifestyle of excess is purely one of pleasure you know pussy money weed and repeat But this record introduces a far darker theme, one where drugs are now viewed through the lens of addiction, hedonism, uh, seen as an escape, and there are a host of demons Juicy J is introducing on this tape that haven't really been present consistently in his previous work. There's track titles like Demon of Addiction, Drink to Escape, I'm Stressing, Mental Health Crisis, Juicy's Pain. These are very evocative titles on their own, but when you add them to Ain't Cool, Pay Attention, Going Through Some Shit, The Help You Need, there's a real dark undercurrent running through his album and his life and his lifestyle, which he's seeing as a crutch rather than a celebration at this point. And, um, you know, I do wonder how Gangsta Boo's passing has impacted the direction of this record. I wonder if that has changed the direction of this record. She appears on the track Follow Home Robbers after the chat popped up on Deadbeat, which was really nice, really nice to hit, to see 3-6 Mafia Legends together on the same album. Um, the chat actually appeared on Juicy J's Crypto Business album in 2022, which still slapped. The content was not good, but the the the, the bars were not great. But yeah, the beat slapped. 
Um, but yeah, Gangsta Boo has not appeared on a Juicy J album previously. So, you know, whatever the reason for this darker content, I really do hope Juicy J is okay. He's an absolute treasure. He should be protected at all costs. And there's a great album, man, Mental Trillness. DJ Drama, I really like that. No, no, what? Something went wrong here. Something went wrong here because DJ Drama drops incredible tapes. Don't get me wrong. Like, I don't think there are many tapes I've heard with DJ Drama hosting where I've been like, this is not a good tape. I don't know what's going on here. But this is not very good at all. Uh, and I think it's the hooks. I genuinely do. I think that that's the major problem with this album. Um, I'm just going to bring it up so that I have a little bit... Because I genuinely think every every artist on this album is... You know, I, even the... I thought the Fab, Benny the Butcher, Jim Jones track was great. But the hook was just not it. That's not where it was. The best tracks were, I thought, the Uzi and 42 Doug track... And there was one other, I think the Offset track. But yeah, man, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, maybe when he le- when he has to put the song together with the features, maybe that's where it falls apart. But I don't know. I don't know if other people are enjoying this or not. I, I did not enjoy it. I don't know how other people are feeling about it. Uh, but I'm very curious to see reactions from people because I just did not enjoy it. It was really let down me. Uh, let down me. Let me... As if DJ Drama owes me anything. He really let me down, guys. DJ Drama really let me down, personally. Uh, Tyler dropped Call Me If You Get Lost, The Estate Sale. I think it's six new tracks or eight new tracks or something. It's pretty good. You know, I can see why these tracks didn't make the original track list because they're not really... It's quite a tight album, Call Me If You Get Lost. Uh, I've listened to it many, many, many times. Well-sequenced. These ones, it feels weird because the last three Tyler albums have been so well-sequenced. To hear these songs clearly out of sequence is a bit odd. Um, but Tyler's very honest on here, very open. Some of his most frank lyrical content that he's ever done. And I like it. I like the honesty. I like the openness. I don't think the tracks are as good as the rest of the album, but they're not bad. You know, I think they're, they're solid. Uh, Matt Ox dropped a locks full of bangers. Definitely check that one out. It, uh, unless you really hate people who pitch their vocals up and then don't check this out because that's exactly what Matt Ox is doing. 38 special, is this. 38 special, Gunsmoke. You know what it is, man. Just fucking bars. Just great fucking bars. Great flows. 38 special. Just being 38 special. Great vocal tones. I love 38 special. Royce to 59 dropped the heaven experience. And oh my days, it's not good. It's just <laughs> not good, bro. It's. I, I don't know what happened here. I don't not know. Even the freestyle? Say? Not even the freestyle? It's not good. Uh, they're not it's not that great like i the freestyle the lyrics are just i mean he starts it with if i didn't let the bottle beat me how the hell are the odds gonna beat me like <laughs> that's how he started the the, the ep gym music bro gym music uh, bro I, I i just i love i love royce and i don't want to be mean i don't want to be rude but this is unlistenable <laughs> this is this is genuinely on unli- there's there's nothing redeeming about this sad the only track that i really thought was listenable was the track with uh with red man it was Roy- royce and reggie that was great yep. that was a really good yep. song red man was incredible and royce lifted yep. to red man's level but the rest of the album was just like really ham-fisted obtuse punchlines real blunt instruments just yeah no 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 no. anyway larry june and the alchemist dropped the great escape and production on here is amazing i actually think this is maybe our best produced project since i'm not gonna say covert coop something in between there i don't know what it is but like in at least six years um and I don't like Larry June very much. So that was a disappointment, you know. And I didn't know I didn't like Larry June until I started analyzing the album. And I understand his appeal. I do understand why people like him. I do. I, I've read the lyrics. I went through them with a fine-tooth comb. I pulled out all the cool statistics, which I will present at some point this week. And I understand why people like him, but it's not for me. I, I, I much prefer Currency. I much prefer Currency. I think the song that Currency was on, to me, just highlighted, oh, okay, I would prefer currency on these beats. So that's just the way it is. Uh, but it's not a bad album. I don't think there's anything wrong with it per se. But yeah, that's me, Charlie. What about yourself? Yeah, not the Larry June album. That's what, that's what I did. Um, <coughs> I started for the Royce uh, Heavy Experience. 
yeah, you know, it's it's cool. It's cool. You, it's you could you got through as, it? As Ben would say. You got through oh, it. Oh, got through it. Chill out, brother. It's Bro, like an hour. Come Fuck on. It was like, it's a rough <laughs> listen. It's a rough <laughs> listen. <laughs> it's only 15 minutes. Give me a rest. I like the worst thing on earth. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, that was, that, was, that was fine. Uh, thank you, Spesh Gunsmoke. Um, yeah, zero complaints. Uh, you know exactly what you're getting. Northern production. Um, just a very... Uh, very take controly on the mic. Uh, doesn't let the features get too far ahead, um, and really uh, keeps it uh, keeps the whole thing tight. Uh, really respects the project once again. Jump thirty special. Uh, Rick Wilson, Chromeo, and A Track. Cluster Funk, mm. great name, great name for an album. Uh, but but is it an album? Who knows? Because um, it's in that thresh. It's in that weird threshold where it feels like an album, but it's less than half an hour, and it's nine tracks. So. It, when I listen to it, it feels sequenced like an album, right? It doesn't feel like an EP in that sense. But the length of it doesn't justify it being an album. But here we are. I guess I'll face that down the road when I'm wondering, once again, what the fuck is this, an album or an EP? Who knows? But past that, it's very solid. Um, I really I really enjoyed uh, the collab project that Rick Wilson did with uh, Terrace Martin a few years ago. Might have put it on my EP list. Uh, that year and um it's kind of very similar here um it's got that well as you can imagine with the term cluster funk very funky um love chromio and a track as well they uh, put their they put they do their things as well um in their uh, departments and um yeah uh lyrically it's very interesting how rick wilson goes about it because it's um you know it's funk right it's you, you expect it to be uh you know whatever lyrics you <laughs> you you deem to be uh, on a funk song, right? Uh, depends who you listen to, but um, he he's very uh, it's very serious topics um put into under a funky umbrella, which is a uh, it's kind of it should be jarring, but it's kind of not. Um, it's an just interesting listen, very very interesting listen. Um, definitely gonna uh, definitely gonna think about that one for a while. Uh, Dizzy Wright live at Daddy Max. Um. Kind of similar in tone uh, when it com- uh, compared to like cluster funk. Um, it has this kind of uh, funk infused hip hop mainly, right? But has some funk fusion in there. Um, but I'm just I just enjoyed Dizzy Wright. I'm 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 enjoying listening to him. I've enjoyed the past couple of projects. I enjoyed the one he did last year. Um, had that on my album long list, and I enjoyed this one as well. Um, it's just pleasant to listen to. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's just. It's just really solid. I can't really complain about any of it. The production is solid. His bars are solid. Um, and yeah, it's just a really nice, fun album to listen to. Very replayable. Um, re- definitely got that replay factor for me. <coughs> and uh, Chloe in pieces. <sighs> okay. Here, here, here we have an album where... I am I am a card carrying member, Ben. You might not you might not know this about me, but I am a card carrying member of the Chloe and Halley fan club. Really enjoy their music, have enjoyed their music over the years. Um yeah, just really just really like their stuff. Um I like their vibe. Um I like their particular style. I love the fact that Chloe produces. That is a huge dub in my mind. That instantly puts her over a majority of her peers. Um, just for just to do that, just to have a hand in everything, right? And I was going into this album very cautious because you know she ever since they Chloe and Halle kind of decided to not quite quite break up or anything like that. Um, unlike Van Jess, shout to Van Jess who recently uh, broke up, and uh, I think one of them's going solo. I digress. That really upset me. But anyway, um, yeah. So they're not. I don't think they're you know broken up so to speak but there but Hattie's doing one thing Chloe's doing one thing and when you follow both like I do it's very obvious which roads they're trying to go down right and I don't want to say that Chloe is doing is is not being authentic to herself right but when I listen to this album it kind of gives off an in inauthenticity. It kind of gives off this essence of cosplaying. 
Do I know her life? Of course I don't. And I can't I can't go any further than that, right? But oh, someone sent me <coughs> someone sent me I'm trying to find as I talk, but someone sent me the um uh, the pitchfork review for it. And just just so you know, it was done by a woman because <laughs> because if um if it wasn't then it would have been very crazy uh, if a man did this. But um, I'm going to read some of it here. <coughs> uh, her debut solo album, In Pieces, is a compilation of solar singles curated to produce kiss-off captions. It spends so much time defining what Chloe isn't. Hallie, a Bible-thumping prude, a moral absolutist, that by the end we have no clue who the anonymous singer actually is. Chloe pulls some high-profile features, but they're all clinical. Told ya, wastes a Missy Elliott collab on vocal warm-up exercises, uh, and then references the fact that um, obviously the British group Flo uh, recently did a track with Missy Elliott, and that, that was, was good. good. I thought the song with Missy was. I great. liked it too. I liked it too. I, I liked Told Ya. That was that was one of my favourite tracks as well. But I continue. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure with only two endings. There's a good-for-nothing man in her life who keeps betraying her, so she will A, give it to God, or B, shake some ass and show him what he's missing. The unfaithful men and nameless fuck-niggers she croons about are so abstract it's impossible to connect her with, de- uh, connect with her devastation. Does, she buy, does he buy you nice stuff? Is the dick good? You, <laughs> do, you wa- do you not want another woman to profit from your emotional labour? Moments that could have built up to rewarding catharsis are dead on arrival. Now that Hallie is a Disney princess, Chloe cosplays as a dominatrix. In pieces meets a fate worse than controversy, banality. Um, so, not quite on the level as Ethan P. Fuck Ethan <laughs> P. Um, but it's, Ethan it's P. pretty scathing. <laughs> Fuck Very Ethan scathing. P. If, if, you, if you know, if you, if you know, you know. So... I I'm not I don't want to go down that route because I don't think the album's bad, but it's it's kind of what my worst fears put into it <clears throat> come to roost. It doesn't feel it it doesn't feel right listening to it. There are a couple of tracks in there that are decent. You know, what I mean, the to- told you with Missy, I don't mind. Fuck Chris Brown from Stay Dot. Not gonna listen to that track ever again. Listen to it once, never again. Yeah, well, why the that? fuck future? Why the fuck future is on that song? That uh, whatever horrible. that one's called. Don't know why it's there. Don't don't get it. <clears throat> but um, yeah, just overall, it kind of gives off a cosplaying vibe, and I don't know how I feel about it. Um, I wish I I wish I I gave I gave it a chance, right? And um, it is what it is. But um, I just uh just didn't I just didn't really feel it fulfilled what it could have fulfilled um but she does production so i can't um bitch about it too much that's more than what most people do these days <coughs> especially on her level anyway um and lastly uh what is it uh be cool aid uh leather boulevard um so ben put me onto this brandon put me onto this mickey put me onto this everyone's talking about it ah sifu and other dude i forget his name uh collaboration and it's a very weird album to me because the more I focus on it while listening to it, the more I don't enjoy it. It's a very weird one. I I, I like it when it's in the background because I'm getting the I'm getting the you know the smooth hip hop kind of vibes going on, and I'm not really listening to the lyrics because Sifu's inflections are not my cup of tea. Um, the features that are on here, including Live. Uh, who we talked about a couple of weeks ago, uh, Ladybug Mecca as well, DJ Harrison, and plenty more. It kind of all comes out in the wash, um, you know. The, and and it's in it's, that's cool, right? That's cool because it's the features are kind of in service to the concept, if that makes any sense. And I don't mind that, right? I don't mind that they're kind of removing themselves to just service the song. Or service the album because I don't know which song when when the song begins and when the song ends, which um which is a very good effort in sequencing I would say, um but yeah I think the album's a bit too long for my taste. Um, there are just tracks that go on for way too long, and again the more I focus on it, the less I enjoy it because I'm because listen- sometimes I tune into it and I'm listening and I'm like, 
why am I listening to just people talking? <laughs> it's just it's just very weird. Um, so yeah, uh, it's it's an it's an interesting one. Um, sonically, I really enjoy it, but I I can't I can't I can't I don't want to focus on it. I don't want I I if it's not in the background if it's in the background, fine. But if I if I mentally tune into it any further and I actually uh listen to what is being said, I just get a little bit just irritated um in several ways um but anyway leave it there and uh, hop into our sixth edition of the real hhn uh hip-hop neighbors um <laughs> i'm gonna say that every time um it's <laughs> a motif at this point uh for those who don't know <clears throat> i think the last one we did was like, i think I don't know, november um picked two albums for me uh from well one for me one for ben um, that skirt the 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 uh, uh, skirt just outside of the hip hop purview. So not hip hop albums, but um, have some essence or connection to hip hop in some way. Um, but basically, just a reason for us to talk about albums that aren't hip hop. That's basically what it is. It's, you know, just just between me and you. That's all, that's all it is. But anyway, we have two good albums. I think this uh, for this one. Uh, really, really, really interesting works. Um, I pl- I incepted Ben with this one. Um, I mentioned Gorillaz a couple of weeks ago. I mentioned Plastic Beach. And la-di-da, here comes Ben with Plastic Beach. <laughs> Plastic Beach. Welcome to the world yes, of the Plastic Beach, man. I, I freaking... This album, this album is, this is a special album. I chose it. Charlie rightly pointed out that we could really do a Neighbours episode for any Gorillaz album, but I've always felt... Yeah, I'm bringing Demon Days at some point. That's good. <clears throat> Demon Days for sure. I mean, Humans, I feel like, is probably the, the one that you would say is the most hip-hop. But I think this is a classic album. Yep. I think it's a classic album. It's sprawling. It's huge in concept. It's Gorilla's best album. And it set the tone for the sonic direction of the next decade for the Gorilla's project. And if we look at it from the, the perspective of how many rap features, for example, their debut had two, both provided by Dell, the funky Homer Sapien, including Clint Eastwood, Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. We'll talk about that in a second. It's pivotal in the creation of Plastic Beach, that song. Um, you know, the success of that track, for example, was recreated on Demon Days, the second album, featuring Feel Good Inc., which had D La Soul as guests, and rocketed to number 14 on the Billboard 200, the uh, the album, sorry, the, on the Hot 100, not the Billboard 200. Um, it charted worldwide. It is the most successful Gorilla single ever released, that. Uh, think about that for a second. Feel Good Inc., I mean, makes sense. Demon Days featured uh, Booty Brown, Dila, MF Doom, Roots Maneuver, so they more than doubled the hip-hop features. Then we get Plastic Beach. We get six features from rappers, but there is a lot of hip-hop on here. Damon Albarn rapping on Rhinestone Eyes or, you know, spoken word, whatever you want to call it. Sounds like rapping to me. And the entirety of Sweepstakes is handed over to formerly known as Most Def, currently known as Yassine Bey, um, which is a brilliant freaking song. Now, put that into sharp focus. Gorilla's debut album certainly had some spoken word on it. Rehash, uh, 5-4, legendary, 19-2000. And I bought the album when it came out. And I always felt like, to me anyway, Tomorrow Comes Today was the Gorilla's wheelhouse. Like, I thought this was their sound. It was very insistent, but it was calm, and it was a warm instrumental with Damon Albarn delicately crooning over the top of it, kind of lulling you into a lovely little sense of safety. That's how I always felt. When I when I heard that album, I'm like, that's the Gorilla's sound to me. You know, think Melancholy Hill, Empire Ants, something like Stylo, when you need a little bit of energy, need to be bumped up a notch. That's To me, that's always been the Gorilla's sound. But when Clint Eastwood hit like a fucking meteor, number four in the UK, charted worldwide, changed the direction of the music. But, you know, it's not like Damon Albarn was a total newcomer to hip hop or a tourist seeing something he liked in the window and trying it on. He did name his daughter Missy after Missy Elliott back in 1999. So, you know, he likes hip hop. And a few years later, I think it was around 2017, he started saying this. He said he actually created Gorillaz in order to push his own music further into the hip-hop sphere. So he explicitly said that. A Guardian article from, I think it was 2017, states as such, and it's become such an identity that a 2017 newspaper article in Australia announcing the release of Humans, they opened with, it's been 16 years since Gorillaz's debut album, the co-creators of the virtual alternative hip-hop band. Now, I never would have said back in when Gorillaz dropped their original album, 
that this is an alternative hip-hop band. They had a couple of hip-hop features. But there is a bit of truth in this because Dan the Automator was integral to the genesis of Gorillaz. Now, whilst Obama began to work on the debut album alone, he recognized he needed a much more authentic voice behind the hip-hop elements. So he enlisted Dan the Automator, a California producer who had worked with Cool Keith on Dr. Octagon... Dr. Octagonicologist, I love saying it. Okay, when you get it right, you're like, oh yeah, Dr. Octagonicologist, but when you fuck it up, it sounds stupid anyway. And of course, you know, legendary Deltron 3030, uh, hence Del ending up on the debut Gorillaz album. But 2017's Humans, I feel, bears very, very little resemblance to 2001's Gorillaz. Humans has six features from rappers, including Dila, Pusha T, Danny Brown, of course, Vince Staples. And Mr. Alban was so comfortable in 2017 that he actually told Hip Hop DX, Vince Staples is anti-hip-hop in a good way. I'll read what you what he said and you can make your own judgments on it. He said, he's doing something different. He's kind of anti-hip-hop, isn't he? I like that style. I like that not buying into more of the distractive aspects of the culture. That's a direct quote from Damon Albarn. And I, that's just, I'm just going to put it out there. Now, I was listening to a lot of rap in the early 2000s. I never thought Gorillaz was hip-hop. I thought that they secured a fire feature from Del the Funky Homo Sapien, just like a bunch of other pop-adjacent artists who were doing these similar things in the early 2000s. I think it's a bit tenuous to claim any kind of firm basis in hip-hop, at least one firm enough to start labeling rappers as anti-hip-hop, when the only foundational work you've done on your sound in this way is bringing in Dan the Automator to executive produce your debut album. He doesn't even have any production credits on there. So we're going to call every Dr. Dre executive produced album a hip-hop album simply because he was in the room? I No, I don't think so. But it's impossible to deny that Damon Albarn's production talents are fucking immense. It's never been more potent than on Plastic Beach. Fully immersive sonic experience from start to finish. The orchestral notes to open up before the truly bombastic horns explode into a, like, there's, there's G-funk on that instrumental. There's genuine G-funk on that. Snoop Dogg comes in, spits venom over the top. Sounds amazing. Um, you know, you'd forgive him for placing Stylo or even the title track next. But instead, we get Kano and Bashy just going batshit, introduced by a beautiful orchestral intro from the National Orca- Orchestra for Ar- Arabic Music. Sorry, there's a tongue twister. And they, they drag it out, man. They drag that out too. It's beautiful. Imagine your first listening experience. You're hearing 67 seconds of warm strings and then you're getting bashed on the head with a fucking garage beat and Kano and Bashi just running riot straight through the middle. Like that's a brilliant mix. It's brilliant. Then we get the true triumph of Gorillaz and it's why I kind of balk a bit at the hip hop tag. I think it's unnecessary. Rhinestone Eyes, I think, is a joyous marriage of synth sounds. This is the peak of the EDM wave of the early 2010s. And I would place this album next to absolutely anything in this, like in this genre, in this, in this. And I'm taking, you know, Rhinestone Eyes on Melancholy Hill, Broken, Glitter Freeze, Empire Ants, the title track. I went through some of the mainstream electro albums that came out around this era. I don't think anyone was doing it with more tact and deafness. Um, but it still kept its energy and still punched you in the face with the electronics. And I, I just, I don't think, if, if anyone can think of another album that they think did it better, then please send it to me. But I, I just don't think so. I, I had a look through and I really don't think so. And I think this is where Plastic Beach thrives and where Gorillaz has always thrived and why humans didn't work for me. Damon Albarn created incredible alt rock, but he's also a brilliant electronic producer. Plastic Beach is maximal in scope through, you know, Yassine Bey, Snoop Dogg, Bobby Womack, Lou Reed, like, you know, freaking, this is not an easy thing to do to bring all this together and create something really listenable. But I will maintain that this is absolutely a hip-hop adjacent project and one of the more fascinating ones. I think one that's significantly different from any we've done thus far. You could be crass and simply say it's an electronic producer grabbing some hip-hop features. And I think Mr. Alban would be very, very, very unhappy to be described as such. But honestly, I think that's what it is. I just, I just think that, you know, I think hip hop is in the DNA of gorillas, but not by default, but by the grace and the power of Del the Funky Homo Sapien, who propelled Clint Eastwood to worldwide acclaim and turn the bedroom electronic side project of an indie rock artist into a global phenomenon that far outstrips the fame of Blur, at least to a world audience. That's not a criticism of Damon Albarn. That's not a criticism of gorillas. That's not saying that you know, they shouldn't be successful because you know, it's not just Damien Albarn, it's the visual side of it as well. It's not saying that they shouldn't be successful. It's just saying 
don't call them an alternative hip-hop band. I really don't think they are. And having listened to their entire discography, I think that, yeah, Clint Eastwood hit like a freaking atom bomb, man. And then Feel Good Inc. came out and that had hip-hop elements as well. And Gorillaz were like, well, this is not really our wheelhouse, but, f- you know, this is what the people want. So let's give them what they want. And, yeah, I'm interested to know how you feel about all that, Charlie, like just about the album in general, but how you feel about just gorillas being hip-hop adjacent or a hip-hop alt hip-hop band or like how you would describe them uh yeah i think i definitely think hip-hop adjacent is um probably the best term to use um to put them in the you know an actual hip-hop in the hip-hop venn diagram i would say is probably wrong but yeah they're definitely adjacent to you know what the uh you know the actual uh, term of adjacent, right? I think I think it sits pretty well next to or joining something else, and you know, they're it, it's a it's a it's an electronic slash rock slash pop uh group virtual group quote unquote uh that is that conjoins hip hop now and again, right? Uh, and is and is always you know rubbing up against uh, hip hop so to speak. Um, and obviously the features in this particular album uh, ex- exacerbate that, um, having Bashi and, <laughs> and Kane over over Saudi Arabia uh, over Saudi Arabian orchestral uh, legendary uh, uh, instrumentation. D- only gorillas, right? Only gorillas. Like who who else is doing that? No, nobody else is doing that. Who who is who is recording in Derby in Hollywood in New York City in Damascus, Syria? And also Lagos, Nigeria. Nobody's doing that. Like nobody, nobody's trotting the globe like that um, to actually get the music done. Um, and it's genuinely impressive uh, for how Albon ab- is able to um, not just create, you know, solid concepts. In this one, I feel is kind of obvious, right? And it's you know, kind of like an environmental message, uh, 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 message in the background. And also just, um, I guess, a metaphor for uh, just how the world is, right? Uh, I think there was a quote saying uh, as a as a sequel, they would, he'd love to have a clean beach, but at the moment it's still a plastic beach. Uh, you know, that could be a metaphor for a lot of things. That could be a, a metaphor for just how we are as human beings, uh, where, you know, we could have clean beach, but we're always, always, always going to be plastic beach. Um, but, but that's one thing that. though, as you say that's one thing that I always because if you like read the interviews around Cracker Island for example you know it's really interesting and there's always a concept behind a Gorillaz album that's why I always felt like pushing the hip hop angle which a lot of people did in the you know late 2010s is, these are conceptual albums why not push the conceptual album you know I, I feel like we don't hear enough about the conceptual side of Plastic Beach I I don't anyway I mean, I mean yeah well, well uh it's definitely uh, something to highlight, of course. Um, uh, he he went to Penny went to Mali, um, and just to I guess I don't know more there, right? Uh, is a quote here: uh, "The landfill in Mali, uh, more snakes like adders, grass snakes, uh, slow worms, toads, frogs, newts, all kind of rodents, all kind of squirrels, massive number of squirrels, foxes, and obviously seagulls." This plastic, we see it as being against nature, but it's come out of nature. We didn't create plastic, nature created plastic. And see, and just seeing snakes like living in the warmth of a decomposing plastic bag, they like it. It's kind of a strange kind of optimism that I felt, but trying to get into that pop music is a challenge anyway, but important. And I think that's always something that uh, is probably the biggest hurdle for Albarn when he actually tries to make these albums, is to make it pop. <laughs> Like he does, he doesn't shy away from the fact that he tries to make shit pop, um, which I can imagine uh, a lot of um, fans of Blur when you know when else when else is the bag back in the day um, sees it as a bit of a I don't know some sort form of a slap in the face, but you know he he actually he actually says outright I'm trying to go for pop most of the time right and. That's that's commendable, um, but he still comes through with some with a concept and a genuine artistic merit, and that's um I feel something that 
Am I the biggest Gorillaz fan? Um, probably not, but I always listen. I always give it a spin whenever one, another one comes through. I think it's always worth a spin because they're always different. And linking to Plastic Beach specifically, um, I you know it's, it's a it's a firmly enjoyable album. Um, a bit too much synthy synthiness for my for my blood, but apart from that, you know it's it's a, it's just the songs just keep coming and they keep being enjoyable for me. Um, you know, just the, the from from one to from one to six, the first six tracks just. Um, I can just I can just keep going for that one. I can I can reload that constantly. From the orchestra intro to Super Fast Jellyfish, got De La Soul on that one as well. Bobby Womack on Stylo, great. Uh, Snoop, as you mentioned, on uh, Welcome to the World, Plastic Beach. Just uh, he smoothed the shit on that. It's great. Um, yeah, mainly Collie Hill, love that track. Uh, and yeah, man, uh, I think the only one I probably wouldn't wouldn't want to listen to more often. Uh, is uh, funny enough the longest track, Sweepstakes. Um, sweepstakes. It's 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 a li- it, it gets a little bit tiring. <laughs> it's a long the song. Half, just, it's a long. It's a long song. song. It's it's a long song. It's five minutes twenty seconds. I'm just like, yes, cut that off, please. Thank you. Uh, never have I wanted a radio edit so bad. Um, but yeah, um, past that, you know, just uh, another Bobby Bobby Womack in Cloud of Unknown. Um, shout to Bobby Womack. Man. Bobby Womack, man, unbelievable. Fucking Bobby Womack, bruv. Um, absolute G. Um, but yeah, man. Really solid album, man. I really can't really can't complain about it. Uh, it's just got really it, it 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 aims for something and it succeeds. And if you like it, sure. If you don't like it, fine. But you can't hate on the fact that it, it succeeds in what the concept's supposed to be and uh the goals Albarn clearly set for it. I mean if you like it, you're on my side. If you don't like it, there's something wrong, wrong with you. There's something wrong with you. I'll tell you what, the only song that you want a radio edit more of, and the rest of us, is Let's Get It Started by the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> the only song where the radio edit is listenable and the unedited... And, and actually better. And generally Way better. better. Way better. Way better. Oh my gosh. Absolutely crazy. And I will say, I mentioned Cracker Island. Well, I mentioned obviously, I mentioned this album in reference to Cracker Island a few weeks ago when when we listened to. I don't know, man. I'm I'm, I'm close. I'm close. It's close between. No, which one no, I like no, best. no. Let's just be. It's serious. close for me. Calm down, okay. Plastic Beach is the end. For me, it's close. And then humans is the start, and that's that gorillas, and that's that gorillas, and that gorillas does not fuck with that gorillas. It never will. They they for eras we do that. I need to listen to it more. I, I gave it a fair spin. I gave it about three or four spins. It's good. It is good. It's the first Gorillaz album since Plastic Beach that I've gone back to consistently. I mean, Humans is okay. Okay. But... okay. Fair enough. Trap right. Soul, Bryson Tiller. Trap Um. So, yeah, I picked this one as a pretty um easy uh pick for what it is right um it's literally got it in the fucking title of the album trap soul trap soul it's it's not hard to not hard to to get what those uh, particular it ain't hard to uh, tell uh, 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 yeah what they what they what they're leaning to what, what the album's leaning to but um i kind of wanted to also talk about just the i don't know just the impact of it cuz it's been well this it dropped in 2015 so mm-hmm. um it's been a while. It's been a few years, right? And I I was listening to it again today and I was just I was just thinking of his, you know, his peers, the people, the, the artists, the dudes especially, um, that you know mm-hmm. sound similar mm-hmm. um, and go go off this kind of um mold blueprint. Uh and I don't think any of them have topped it, I don't, and not even Tiller himself. Uh, it's, it's, I just don't think anybody's topped this p- very specific sound that is so popular and has been so popular ever since this album dropped. I don't think anybody's topped it. Um, I, I I really believe that. It's so fascinating listening to this album again. Um, I haven't listened to it in years, um, but I thought it'd be a good pick for this, and I was just. Uh, I was spinning it and going, damn, this is actually just 
fucking good, man. Like this is really fucking good. Um, you know, the first again, <laughs> I say it again, the first like the first five tracks, I'll, I'll say, not, not six uh, for Plastic Beach, but five for this one. Uh, first five, just it just go off for me. It's just it, I I want how for how for however long is just woefully short to me. I loved. I listened to that track a lot uh, when this album when this album came out. It's only just over two minutes. I just, I just really wanted an extra minute in there. Just I don't know another verse or something. It's got so much energy towards it, but it still sticks to the essence of what the you know that that kind of a deep uh, deep voice samples or even chipmunk samples. Either way, right? It kind of fluctuates between the two. And uh, but it also has this um, just really. Really, really swaying energy to it. I really love that track. Obviously, Exchange and Don't are the biggest tracks on here, and um, I, 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 I didn't like Exchange as much as the most people. Um, I do, I don't mind it, but I didn't like it as much as um, most people did. Uh, don't is a yeah, that was definitely on my regular rotation at that point. Um, but going deeper into the album, and I think that's what I think that's if if anything, that's what it album that's what this album suffers from. Um, is just having that kind of top-heavy nature to it, but I would, I would hazard to say that um, I feel people, uh, if if people are saying that, I'm just making up a straw man in that case, right? But if people do say that, because um, they can make an argument for it, uh, I do think at the back end there's some really good stuff here as well. Um, Timberland um, on "Sorry Not Sorry" and "Been That Way," love those two tracks, especially from a production standpoint. Love them overall. Uh, Five oh two come up. Oh, energy, energy. Got that BDE coming through that one. Love that track. Love that track. Right. Very confident. Uh, the sequence, very good track. Uh, Overtime and Right My Wrongs. I think are really good songs to end the album. Kind of have this. Um, kind of going back to the uh, relationship side of things, I guess, and uh, a less. Um, Less fuckboyish and more just um let me lock in. Let, let me let me let me be better. I'ma put in over time for this. I'ma right my wrongs, etc. etc. Right. So the overall arc of the album I feel is very dynamic and I don't think it really gets the credit it deserves. Obviously the um the source code for all of these kind of albums is AOA Heartbreak, but I do feel this particular album just created such a such a such a refreshed take on it and like I said I don't think anybody's topped it I really don't I don't think someone like Black has topped it um Ty Dolla Sign don't think he's topped it I mean he's gone he's gone down a completely different route of just being that feature guy but you know <laughs> I don't think he can do something like this Name a dude, man. Name a dude in our, in in modern US R and B, and I don't think they could do this album. And they definitely have tried. There have definitely been people, uh, there have definitely been R and B dudes that have tried to replicate this album in some way, in some form or fashion. Whether it be from the production, whether it be from the uh, whether it be from the vocals or the lyrics, uh, lyrical content, subject matter. I just don't think anybody's topped it. I really don't. I feel like this album has aged. Um, as well as an album with a lot of trap elements can age, uh, which in my mind, trap has plateaued um, as a sound. So, you know, I don't think there's ever, there's going to be like a, a trap, a trap oriented album that's going to be oh, mind blowing to me anymore. That's just me. Um, but yeah, man, just, uh, just this whole thing, just, uh, I, I really enjoy the layers a bit. Um, and it's uh, just a supremely dynamic album that I don't think I clocked when I initially listened to it, but listening back to it now with fresher ears, man, it just, uh, it just aged so well. I'm giving this album as gifts to people. Like when I first listened to it, I was like, oh, this is great. And then people who, you know, enjoy R&B and hip hop uh, who may not have, because, you know, I live in Australia, man. We don't know anyone but Travis Scott, Eminem and Kendrick Lamar down here. So some people, you know, seem like check this album out and it's, it's freaking amazing. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the influence. Um, yeah, I, I I find it really fascinating. I find it really fascinating. Um, I was doing a bit of research about the album, and there was a three-year-old Billboard interview uh, with Bryson Tiller, and he stated in this, and I quote: 
For me, R&B is my first love and it always will be. I really fell in love with hip-hop and rap music through Lil Wayne. Don't get me wrong, I love Wayne, but you know, I heard only the radio singles, but I only listened to it because I felt people would judge me for listening to R&B in my headphones. So I said, damn, let me mix it up a bit. It got to a point for me blending rap in my music. I started calling it Trap Soul, but it was more for me backing down from the whole role as an R&B singer because I tried a performance and it went terrible. And I said, I don't want to be a singer. I want to be an R&B artist that raps and blends the two. That's my goal. Or that was my goal. So we do have Lil Wayne to thank for Trap Soul, but not deep cut Lil Wayne. Like I feel like dying or Sports Center Lil Wayne. We have Lollipop to thank for, for Trap Soul. The curious thing is obviously the name. I don't think there's been too many more accurate name album titles of the past 13 years than Trap Soul. You know, this is beautifully marries the soulful elements of Tillis. You put a name to it. You literally put a name to the sound. Oh, he like, did. He, it's, it's amazing. And, and you know, it, it brings together his soulful elements as a singer and obviously the burgeoning trap music movement that you could argue, and I usually do argue, peaked in 2015. I, I genuinely feel that way. Listen to the list yep. of projects that dropped in this vein in 2015. Shrem Life. Yep. Rodeo, yep. if you're reading this, it's too late. What a time to yep. be alive. Fetty Wap's self-titled album dropped that year. Yep. Barta Six and Young Rich Nation by Migos. And of course, I think what is the greatest trap album of all time is DS2 by Future. Good. Now, you know, this is the Future type trap, by the way, not the T.I. Gucci Mane trap. This is, you know, it's a little <laughs> bit different. <laughs> I know people get yeah, a bit, yeah. you know what I mean? We get a bit caught up on that one. But Trap, trap 2.0. Trap 2.0. So... Trap Soul was one of the most inventive uh, entries into this array of trap genius, I think, and it helped usher in a new commercial landscape that has persisted to this very day, as Charlie said. Don Tolliver, Rumor, DVSN, Roy Woods, and it had to happen yep. for it had to happen for Bryson Tiller. He told DJ Booth he was struggling financially at one point in the early 2010, so he gave up music entirely to get a job and focus on providing for his girlfriend and their child. This was not sustainable though. He felt like he lacked direction and purpose and said, this is the only thing I know how to do, so maybe it will work, let's try it. And he began recording in his living room and he created the track Don't, the song that blew him up, 70 million spins on SoundCloud in its first year. And this is where Bryson Tiller's Trap Soul was born, when he realized there was an audience for a new type of R&B, something The Weeknd had been dabbling with, but hadn't fully committed to. And by 2015, Beauty Behind the Madness by The Weeknd is proof, and Starboy was the icing on the cake. He went in the other direction. You know, The Weeknd went right, Bryson Tiller went left, and he identified that opportunity. It was actually Timberland who called first um, when the song Don't blew up, and so Bryson Tiller hopped on a plane to Miami, went out there to work with the super producer, and this early co-sign and stamp of success led him to Drake's doorstep, and apparently he picked up his very own pair of OVO Jordans from Drake, which in 2015 basically meant... You were guaranteed a top 10 album in the next six months if he was giving you OVO Jordans. But this is one example of Drake being the influencer though, not the influencee. Because as potent and unique as Trap Soul is, it has never shrugged off the Drake comparisons. In a very hard hitting interview with Rob Markman, very hard hitting, till he explained the criticism of Trap Soul from a raft of commentators, actually had him try and rethink the entire direction of his career. And his next album, True to Self, ended up being basically a focus group album where he amassed a team and left the direction of the album in their hands because of these comparisons to Drake and Jeremiah as well, um, that he was not like, he, you know, it was affecting him. It was really affecting him. And Bryson told DJ Booth that he happily drew influence from there. But he stated uh, this is what sets him apart. He said, I think I'm really good at painting pictures, telling stories, and I'm trying to get better at it. And I think that's true. You know, I would agree with that. Like, I think Drake is a more, I guess, punchy lyricist. You know, he kind of brings the essence of 80s rap into his R&B-infused song. He pulls in, like, very simplistic stories that have real punchy bars in them that hit you hard and quick. Bryson Tiller is far less about punching you in the face far more about painting a picture of emotion through lyrics. So yes, the Sonics are a little bit similar to Drake's more R&B-infused songs, but it, they're different. It's completely different, in my opinion anyway, completely different. And it's it's a hip-hop-adjacent album. might be, you know, it's, it's got hip-hop running through its veins. It's a very fascinating album. He actually said the title came from a fan comment on his SoundCloud page, and I think it perfectly describes a record that sits within the pinnacle of Trap in 2015, and I would heavily argue 
it kind of sits at the opposite end of that spectrum to Drake's if you're reading this uh, is too late because I think that's the extreme hip-hop end of the trap spectrum where trap soul is the extreme R&B end of the hip-hop spectrum you know so and the trap spectrum is just yeah it's it's a great album man it's 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 I've I bought it on record when it came out on CD and I've got it in my car and probably every two or three months I chuck it in and spend a week with it again like I love it yeah, even the um, even the rapping elements, I feel like, are pretty underrated um, on this on this album. Um, no, just um, just referencing "Don't" like uh, pull up skirt, get in the right, step down this to me. The other is gripping your thigh. Like it's just, it's just, good, it's just good vibe. It's just yeah, he fucking it, he nice good to energy. just say. It's just the flow of it. It's just so fucking clean. Um, he good and energy. that happens throughout. Like I mentioned, five or two come up, and that's just like. That's um, moving towards more of the rappy spectrum um, of the trap soul kind of like sound, but yeah, man, it's a uh, it's 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 super it's super impressive. The fact the fact that you found the don't on the don't beat on SoundClick always fucking fascinates me. Uh, I think I saw say it where he's I think he was like working at a fast food spot at the same time. I think I saw that back in the day. Don't know if that's true or not, but uh, yeah, man, just uh, just crazy. He he literally just. Uh, one shot, bang, got it. <laughs> Just fucking nailed it. Fucking 180, 501, nine data, man. Absolutely crazy. Uh, not to mix my, um, uh, to mix my tastes, but yeah, that was, uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a fucking clean album. It's a really clean album. And I'm not really into these, these kind of tunes, bro. Like, I've, I've said it before. Um, I, I'm not into how male, this US male anyway, uh, American male, R&B artists are just going down this route all the time. Um, I don't really... It it doesn't it doesn't fit the mould of, like, how I kind of, like, see R&B can be, you know? Uh, a good a good example was, like, uh, how Robert Glasper makes his albums, where it has this um, R&B through line coming through it, and, you know, obviously has hip-hop elements depending on the features and stuff like that for him, but that kind of R&B I mess with, but just having, you know, just just a trap beat and you're crooning over it, it just seems very one-dimensional. Seems so one-note to me and doesn't really evolve anything. Uh, with, <laughs> evolve. Yeah. Uh, that's going to reference something we're going to do next week. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, this one just, I don't know, it's, it's different. It feels different. Um, I listen to it and I don't really have any complaints on that front. I don't feel like, oh, this is not evolving anything. Um, I can't say that factually because <laughs> literally just uh, it, it it did move the needle a little bit. Yeah, I wonder if it is because he was the first to really do this in this way. Whereas you know you right. listen to Don Tolliver in in the present day, and it's kind of like I'm not saying it's any less adept. Yeah, bro, bro, it's nearly been, been ten like... years. It's been eight years. Eight years, geez. Come on, man. Like, you can't you can't be just crooning over trap beats no more. I can't. Like, I can't be doing that. Brent Fires as well, good example. Like, I just can't be doing yeah, it. Yeah, I can't. I mean, that's the one I... Nyquil. I, I, I can't get into Brent Fires' music. <laughs> Nyquil, geez. Nyquil. do it for me. I'd like, I like Don Tolliver's album from this year, but I can't do... Um, yeah, yeah. I can't do... Can't do... There's some, there's some, there's some, ones, to, there's some ones that I, I could probably... If you force me to find some, I could find some. But just overall, just as a sound, it doesn't really... Uh, and as a concept, it doesn't uh, doesn't entice me at all. It really doesn't entice me. me meanwhile, the women are just like... Doing yeah, all skating, types of shit, skating ahead. all types of shit. Scissor's still trying. Like it's, 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 you know, it's, it's absurd. Victoria Monet's doing some shit. Uh, yeah, tons, tons of people, man. Tons of people, tons of people on that. Point. I will anyway, say, I will Chloe. say, <laughs> and Chloe. I will say one artist who is killing it is Rumor for me. Anyway, I know that people. I don't okay, understand yeah. what happened. I don't know what happened. Aramar, Rumor, however you want to say his name. I yeah, thought yeah. his EP was insane. So good, so different. Yeah, like he had, he had some gas. He had, he some had gas something different, right? And then he's just yeah, lost he momentum. Whether it's the label, where whatever's going on there, I think it, they've dropped the ball because I think he's an incredible artist. But maybe it, maybe that's it. The, the singing ability is off the charts, and maybe that's where the 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 issue like comes in. Because I mean, if I want to hear a rapper crooning over trap beats, I'm just going to listen to Future's more melodic stuff or Travis Scott's more yeah. melodic stuff or Young yep. Thug. You know, I'm probably not yep. going to go 
to someone who I you know is a little bit different to that like I don't know maybe maybe they have to be able to really sing to pull that off or to to set it apart and make it something special um anyway yeah it's it's interesting because Bryson Till is obviously on the R&B side of that whereas you've got Travis Scott on the on the rap side of that it's very interesting just that tiny little difference that tiny little difference and obviously since Bryson mm-hmm. Till has gone far more into singing so mm. I've been disappointed with um some of his stuff that he's dropped after Trap Soul, mainly because Trap Soul was so good. Maybe that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it's just that. Um, I I chalk it up anyway to just that that curse of like having a really fucking great debut, yeah. and they just can't get out of the shadow of it. Um, like it took. Yeah, it just yeah. There's definitely there's definitely plenty of examples of uh, how people have gotten out of it. But there's also examples of people that just never go out of it uh, for better or worse. But um, yeah, man. Or old Obi Trice. I know you're talking about Obi Trice. You must be talking about <laughs> Obi Trice. Sure, sure. Oh, yeah. Took it right out of my head. Yeah, really. Of course. Really I know that you're a big Obi Trice fan. I know. Big Obi. <laughs> for the record, I I don't even know if I've listened to an Obi Trice album. So there you go. That's 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 the that's that's the rubber <laughs> bit. Anyway, shall I leave it there? And uh, move on to uh, Lion Note, if you have anything. Uh, I don't think I have anything at the moment. Do you have anything? Um, yeah, so I hit up two more shows. Oh, I meant to say that during the weekly roundup, didn't I? Um, I was trying to make that a thing. But anyway, uh, <laughs> better late than never. Um, so on top of the fact that I saw uh, Patrice Russian, uh, Tiggs Dorfer, and also Rose Rindros um, during the last week, this week I also... Well, Last week of this recording, but yeah, you know, fucking hell. End of March, last week of March. Um, I also saw uh, Lakeisha Benjamin and also uh, a friend of Ivy Echoes um, for the first time in literally. It, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was so poetic, so poetic. So uh, uh, on the Lakeisha Benjamin front, um, American uh, sax, sax, is it saxophonist or saxophonist? Saxophonist, it, it is saxophonist. saxophonist. Yeah, that's a sexy way of saying it, it's saxophonist. Um and she just comes through with crazy energy. Like I, I was, I'm, I'm literally, um, I'm literally doing the, uh, just doing the posts for some of these uh, sets of uh, taking pictures of, uh, on my on my site, and um, I, I literally wrote uh for Lakeisha. I was just like, it, I'm paraphrasing, but it's crazy how these instruments are like hundreds and hundreds of years old. But you still listen to an album with a saxophone in it and, uh, uh, as like the main instrument, and you're just like, "Fuck, this is fresh. This is clean. It's just like, how does that work, man? It's 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 so absurd. It's it's crazy to think about. You know how 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 long has a piano existed? But we listen to like just I listen to like Alicia Keys, and I'm just like, she invented piano. Who who knew? <laughs> it's, it's it's crazy, right? Sometimes I'm just like that. I'm just like, damn, she invented piano. Who crazy? Who knew? And um. Lakeisha Benjamin, uh, she dropped an album uh, called Phoenix a couple of months ago, um, hence why she's touring. And um, yeah, just seeing her live was um, something incredibly different. Uh, her energy is just so uh, youthful and a little bit flexy. Like she was playing these just like super just complex fucking notes. And uh, sometimes she would just let, her, let one hand go and then come back to it. And I'm just like, okay, <laughs> do you? Um, she actually had her name on like the on like the rim of the horn, which is so gangster. I love that. Just has the keisha just on the just on the on the edge of it. Um, that's that's G. Uh, the band was amazing, and yeah, man, it was just a really really freaking good show. Shout out to the Jazz Cafe, of course. Um, but yeah, I also saw a friend of Five um Echoes, um Lalo, um along with uh, another artist called Erica, and um, I will say right, just um, you know. The, the 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 there's something I always remember uh, when it comes to Echoes is and partly it's because her music is not what I listen to typically and not the music of people who I interview typically. Um, but on the day the day before the show was actually the sixth anniversary, so to speak, of uh, me dropping the interview with her um, on the Fifth Element and. <laughs> it's just so poetic that that was like the, that was literally the first time I saw her live. I've been meaning to do so for years, um, but I just never got to it 
for for um, one reason or another. And um, it was just really, really poetic to actually see her um, just in her element and doing her things. And, uh, you know, for, for the record, her music's amazing, right? It may, may not be what I typically listen to, but it is amazing to listen to. It's got, it's like deep, electronica. Um, I think, I don't know if she made this or some, like, I don't know, bio writer or reviewer. I don't know who, I don't know who coined this. Um, but I think I'm, I'm trying to look it up actually while I, while I see it. But, um, it's, it's like a, uh, uh what is it? What, what do you want to say? It's like a, a tagline, I guess, for, for her style. Um, here it is. Uh, if Sade, James Blake and Bjork had a baby. It's not far off. Sade, like, James Blake, and Tom and who? And Bjork. Tom and Bjork. Yeah. Bjork. Bjork. Wow. Interesting combo. It's 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 not far off. I'm like, not going to say no the, to that. That's it's great. got the Sonics. She she has the voice, and I don't listen to Bjork, so I don't know what the vibe is there. But um, it's it it mixes. Wow. It mixes and it mixes so incredibly well. You get these when you especially when you're at the sh- uh, I was like I'll see her live. It's it's one of those music experiences where it's actually so much better live than just listening to it, and that's usually and that's usually you know, it, it can go either way sometimes, right? For sure. Um, yeah, it, it definitely go either way. But um, I feel like it's um, it's it's so much it's so much better when you listen to it live. It's um, and she also, and I highly encourage you guys to peep the photos whenever I drop them. Uh, CRT dash uh, photography.com and um, God, her fit was crazy, bro. She was just like adorned in white, big goddess vibes. She's as tall as us, bro. She's like six foot. Um, so she's like, she's she's just tall, slender black woman wearing all white, it's absolutely crazy visuals. It's absurd. And she's like doing these soft croons, and then this just heavy electronic beat just drops, and she's still going. It's fucking crazy. It's crazy, man. It's so it's so unique, and um, I don't remember how the hell I got that interview with her. I don't know if it, if, it, if she asked or I asked, but um, it was also the first one I did in person. It was only my second interview um, at the time. And, oh, you did it in uh, purpose, person. Yeah, yeah, it was the first one in person. We linked up in the. I forget what station was near, but it's in central London. Uh, and it was in like a, I think like a Cafe Nero we did it in. Um, so yeah. Um, I can, I remember the exact spl- pl- place, but I, f- I forget the particular area. But somewhere in central London. And yeah, it was like my second ever, second ever interview, I think. And um, yeah, it was just really, really good. Um, I was, I was so green back then. I'm, I'm still learning these days, but um yeah man just shout to echoes man just uh always enjoyed her stuff from afar and just enjoyed how she's grown as nice um and also shout out to erica as well um uh very energetic um emotional lyrics um and uh i i sent it to i sent her me i sent her a video a video of her to a friend who i um i know she's into that kind of uh stuff i referenced paramore because while I don't listen to Paramore, I was like, this is how I think Paramore sounds. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she was like, that's not how Paramore sounds. But I respect, <laughs> I, I respect you giving it to me anyway, because I do like it. So I got there in the end uh, in terms of recommendations. But yes, um, I, I suck doing those kind of things. Uh, but yeah, man, she's great. She's great as well. She actually had a song with Japanese uh, lyrics as well, which is um, in- very interesting. I'm, I'm here for that. Uh, can't so find her on, on Spotify. Oh, Echoes is spelled E-C-K-O-E-S. But yeah, um, highly recommend everyone to listen to if you like some just really deep electronica, um, a deep bassy, and her voice is just yeah, built different, man, built different. So uh, highly recommend. Oh yeah, 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 good stuff as well. Yeah, she she makes her own clothes, bro. I just I forgot to mention she makes her own clothes. Like when she does shows, she she made she made her own fits. And, That's uh, wild. It elevates. <laughs> it elevates. Uh, it, it really does elevate. That's um, the whole experience knowing that. But yeah, man. Highly recommend anybody um, listening to that kind of thing since we're t- we've been talking about hip hop adjacent stuff. Um, and yeah, with that said, we shall finish there. Ladies and gentlemen, from the Fifth Inch Podcast Network, this has been Digging Digits. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I have been Chai Taylor of the Fifth Element. I have been Ben Carter of Hip Hop Numbers. We hope you all have a good week. We shall always, always try and do the same, unlike Chelsea. And until the next time, 
Take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. R.I.P. to Chelsea. Oh, fuck it. Peace. The Canadian Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Music for this show is Pizza Video Games by Finest Points. Thanks to Chill Music for the ability to use. Socials with Fenomen Hip Hop by Numbers, Bonus Points, and Chill Music will be in the full show notes, as well as names of projects reviewed wherever you're listening. This has been a fifth end podcast over production. Thanks for spending time with us. We shall see you next time for our anniversary on Digits.